Amos chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Hear this word that I take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen no more to rise is the virgin Israel, forsaken on her land with no one to raise her up. For thus says Yahweh, the Lord God, the city that went out a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which went out a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, and do not enter into Gilgal or cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and it devour with none to quench it for Bethel. O you who turn justice to wormwood and cast down righteousness to the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So another chirpy day in Amos awaits us, joined by the beautiful, beloved Barfaccio Barry Fisher. <laughs> emphasis on beautiful and beloved. Emphasis yeah, on thanks. beautiful, really. <laughs> and uh, so today we, you know, Amos has been speaking a lot through imagery, a lot through metaphor, mm. and we are moving away from metaphor and into some more literal image. Um, and so, you know, we, we have this image of a dwindling city in verse three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then this fire breaking out in these uh, sacred spaces of Israel. And, you know, before we get into it, it is important to note that uh, Bethel or Bethel, it's uh, the the house of God is, is the literal meaning there. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the Lord is specifically leveling these threats against places that are devoted to him in Israel. And so he's specifically going after these places of corrupted worship of him. Um, and so that is a really important thing to note as we get into this call, uh, which is, you know, one of the most explicit calls in Amos so far, seek the Lord and live. Um, and so a, a very clear call towards repentance in today's passage. Mm-hmm. So Barrett, the people don't care about me or what I have to say, but uh, but they want to know what does Barrett Fisher think about <laughs> Amos five I, one through seven. I don't know how much they want to know that, but I'll, I'll give a couple of thoughts. Um, so seek the Lord and live is in verse six. Mm-hmm. You know, right now Israel is kind of experiencing, as we said yesterday, this you know this this uh time of prosperity and probably think that the Lord has blessed them and um, have somewhat of a, you know, prosperity gospel to use in an an anachronistic term. Sure. But um, here they are. Amos has come to them, the northern, the 10 northern tribes who are in Israel. You got the two southern in Judah and then the 10 northern tribes in Israel. And so Amos comes to the 10 northern tribes and he's, speaking on behalf of God and pronouncing that this is not going to go well for you. Um, And, you know, God is trying to get your attention. That's what we looked at yesterday. God is trying to get your attention over and over and over. And yet you do not return to him. 
Mm. And then you come to chapter five, and I think here we encounter the grace of God. Like we encounter a a a positive message of if you will turn and seek the Lord, you will live. Mm. Uh, and so you know, in the midst of in the midst of kind of God's wrath that's going to come on the ten northern tribes on Israel at this point. Um, you know, in the, in the coming years, and this is probably around 760 BC and, and Assyria is the nation that God raised up to come and take over the 10 Northern tribes. Mm-hmm. And that was in 722 BC. And so, you know, we're probably less than 40 years away. We're mm-hmm. around, around 40 years away of God raising up another nation to come and take over, um, Israel, who's experiencing all this prosperity and this economic wealth and all this. And, um, but you know, the Lord is clearly not pleased with them. And yet he gives them a chance to repent. Like he still wants to see, and I mean, I think, I think you made this point yesterday, but, um, he, he still, he still wants to see his people turn back to him. Mm-hmm. And it's not as though he just discards his people and, and has no plan with them. I mean, it's similar to, it's very similar to Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, you know, once they sinned, I mean, God told them that they were going to die and they did die a spiritual death, but Mm -hmm. he was not, he was not finished with them. Mm. And in fact, he gives those promises and, you know, those famous promises in Genesis three that, that talk about how there's still hope that's coming like through the seed of this woman and, and all that. And so I, and, and that seems to be a theme in scripture is that when God makes a covenant with his people, he doesn't just discard them and start over, you know, plan E at this point or plan P or whatever it is. But like he, he, he stays with his covenant people and says, if you will seek me, you will live. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a constant theme in scripture. And I, I think it's something that we can take hold of because part of reading the old Testament and the Old Testament is just very dark. I mean, we yeah. were talking about this right before we started, but like the Old Testament is just, it's, it's a very dark uh, book. So, I mean, it's very dark literature, mm-hmm. um, but um, there is like these rays of hope in 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 the dark literature. And, and I think some of that is that is that God doesn't just discard it, but he, he comes back to us and says, if you'll seek me, you will live. But he's a holy God. So he, he has to, he has almost you know, God has confined himself to, to bring consequences on unholiness, to bring Mm -hmm. consequences on those who dishonor him and don't do things the way that he has laid out. And so he must do that. He must carry those things out, but he always gives us a way to repent always gives us a way to turn back to, Mm -hmm. to him. And so I think it's just a great, you know, I think the application for us is obvious, um, that, you know, no matter what you've done in your life, uh, the Lord gives you an opportunity to to return mm. to Him and to repent and to, and to come back. And you know, like like the famous story in Luke fifteen that the prodigal son and the father that runs out to meet his son. I mean, I think that so so part of this is like we need to we need to allow the Old Testament to build our picture of who God is. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the greatest things that we can do when reading Scripture is to because we get images of who God is. He's this God that, you know, I mean, there's kind of the uh, proverbial like God that stands up, you know, in, in the heaven and like zaps people when they do bad things. And like, 
you know, he's angry with you forever. And it's just not, it's not the God that we see. I mean, he is a wrathful God. There is no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are consequences for sin. There is no doubt about that. And the mm-hmm. Old Testament talks about that over and over. But he is a God who's always in the midst of, you know, pronouncing these judgments, in the midst of pronouncing that wrath is going to come on these people. He also says, seek the Lord and live. Mm-hmm. That there's still time to seek the Lord and you will live. Yeah, absolutely. You know, God's God's faithfulness to Israel, um, as we've been saying, it it really is displayed in these passages and the fact that um even as God is is promising here a more grave punishment if they, you know, kind of tarry in their transgression, that even if they do, uh God is going to send them into exile. But he's going to go into exile with them. And, and you know, we, we see that like Daniel, which we studied a little while back on ODR. Uh, we see that God even persists in this call towards the people of Israel in these lesser punishments like famine and, you know, uh, hardship and turmoil. And then in exile and pillaging and complete despair and hopelessness, mm. he keeps his hand upon the people yeah. of Israel. Right. And, uh, it, it's so that they would turn to him and live. It's for restored fellowship that, you know, God is seeking a people where his justice and his righteousness would be known. And, you know, we know from the witness of history and the rest of scripture that Israel isn't going to heed this warning. They are going to go into exile and they're going to come back out of exile. And, you know, guess what? They're still not going to be a, perfect people that's holy unto God. And, you know, we have the great privilege from our vantage point of history Mm. of knowing that God is going to condescend into this situation in an even more intimate way than just calling towards them continually, but that he will actually come incarnate in Jesus. Mm. And verse seven, where this passage we read today Mm. lands, um, it really points out, you know, what is the call here? It's against their injustice and their lack of righteousness. Mm. That it is a place where justice is turned away and where righteousness is cast down. Mm. And I think that should really just point us straight to Jesus and the fact that when God comes to die for his people, to ransom them, it's, he doesn't come, he doesn't die of old age. Mm. He doesn't die of sickness. He doesn't die in war, but actually he dies through injustice Yeah, and through the people literally, you know, Jesus being the full embodiment of righteousness, they cast him down Yeah, and that he's wrongly accused. He's wrongly killed. He, he's hung with criminals mm. and that that is the ultimate price that's going to take to, to build this kingdom of God that, the kingdom of men are completely unable to attain. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was riding in my car, uh, to members meeting there we this go. past, this past Sunday, whenever this airs, it was the September 17 members meeting. And, um, I, I, uh, we've had a little sickness in the family. And so only one child was in the car with me. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was little Maya, our, our, um, I don't even know how old she is. She's nine years old. <laughs> she's nine go. years old. I know she's number four. There we go. Um, so little Maya was in the back seat, and I was just talking to her. And um, 
you know, just asking her about, she hasn't given her life to Jesus yet. And so, you know, we are not forceful at all with that kind of stuff. I think it's a movement of the spirit that has to happen. But, you know, I I was explaining to her something that you were just referencing. Hmm. And that's that, you know, Jesus took on our our unrighteousness. Uh, Second Corinthians five, it says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. And so, you know, here, I mean, I think you were apt to point out that in verse seven, I mean, it is talking about they, they're delighting in injustice and unrighteousness, but Jesus, rather than coming and just condemning the world, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they faced consequences for their sin, Israel did, but when Jesus comes, he doesn't come and, and just, you know, pronounce judgment and wrath on the world, but he takes all of the injustice and all of the unrighteousness on himself. Mm-hmm. And he who knew no sin, became sin for us mm-hmm. so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're so right. Like, and, and that's, that's the thing about the Bible. You know, we do not have to, we don't have to try hard to be gospel centered, gospel centered Bible readers. Mm. It's all over the Bible. I mean, this is what, this is what it is. Like we can see um, the, the old Testament, how it leads up to, uh, this this true Israel who's going to come, who's, yeah. gonna, who's going to die for us and die for the unrighteousness of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a great reminder that the justice that we're called to live in, the righteousness that we're called to uphold, mm. uh, it starts by turning and seeking the Lord. That, that's, right. that's the starting point is just beholding God and, uh, and yeah. loving him, finding him lovely, mm. finding him beautiful. Um, and so I think that's a great place to land. Uh, the, a beautiful God and a beautiful Barrett Fisher who's joined us today. This is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.